Hello and welcome to the GLT podcast series with the Greenshaw Learning Trust and Friends Book Club, where we talk all things teaching and learning with leading educationalists across the world. My name is Rhiannon Rainbow. And my name is Dave Tushingham. This is a place to enjoy listening to organic conversations between teachers and authors, a journey in bringing the latest evidence-based literature into the classroom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our 57th Greenshaw Learning Trust and Friends GLT Book Club. It's an edu book club that we run, uh, our 57th session, and we are utterly thrilled to be joined by Ben Holden and Dr. Liz Durden-Myers, who's joined us for a second time. Thank you so much for coming back. And we're also joined by Will Grove, who is our um, trust-wide PE subject lead, as well as head of PE at Broadwater School. So it's brilliant to have everybody join us. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to very briefly um, say a little bit about Ben and, and Liz, and then I'll hand over to Dave, who'll talk about the how and the, oh, sorry, the the rationale behind why this book has been chosen and we will lean on you a little bit for that as well Will because you've been fantastic in helping us to curate another PE specialist session and we really appreciate um, the support from you and other PE staff that we've got across our trust in the suggestions for the books that we that we run that we're able to have these fantastic conversations and connections with the authors about as well so Ben it's brilliant your book is um, one of the it's it's still a relatively new launch, but has, as, as Liz was saying um, just now, it's been incredibly popular with the numbers that have been that have been sold and are literally flying off the shelves. Um, so this book, I you are a head of PE. You have been for a, a, a number of years. Um, you are Wanna Teach PE on Twitter, and this is done. And I think you just mentioned then you're also a senior leader, and you are on the ground doing the job right now have been doing it for a few years so this is this is book has been written from somebody who has experience of doing the role and um has lots of, you've got lots of different perspectives um to be able to draw upon to be able to do that as well and it's sharing that across the fantastic um PE community that I've noticed that there is out there especially when we've got three really um really outward facing people from the PE community in this room with us this afternoon as well with yourself with Liz and with Will and I see the connections uh, between different people on social media uh, without all of the other ones that go along in the background so you've written a brilliant book Wanna Teach PE and we were just talking just now about the connections there are uh, more connections than we might realize between maths and PE as well in at lots of different levels and I'm sure that'll come through as part of the conversation too and I'm Without a doubt, I will have missed things. So my sincerest apologies uh, for that when there was just so much that that everybody does and, and everybody is is so supportive with one another on. And Liz, uh, Dr. Liz Durden-Myers, you are Managing Director and Co-Founder for Scholarly and PE Scholar. You are a Senior Lecturer in Physical Education, um, Educational Consultant, Physical Educator. You have done so many things and you are so incredibly supportive as well of others who are out there and, and doing their best on a, a wide variety of levels. And, and the people you connect with, you and, and, and others that you work with, you, 
you know so much information about as we were some of the things that were coming out in the green room just now and you've supported um a session that dave and i have done previously as well where lee sullivan was our um was was another one of our guests so we're hugely hugely appreciative to everybody for your time and and everything that you do and that is far far too much for me now i'm going to hand over to dave and then it'll be over to will and then just crack on with the incredible conversations i know there are going to be because there is so much to draw upon with with what's been written here and thank you so much for writing the book ben and liz thank you so much for the for the support to enable that to happen as well so dave it's over to you oh thank you Ree, and uh, and thank you so much ben for joining us today it is going to be an incredible hour for us um i i don't know about Ree, but i feel a little bit nervous of these sessions because these this isn't our subject and and so we feel a little bit um maybe insecure when when you don't have the subject knowledge and you stand up in front of a class um in that topic that's maybe particularly challenging it's really really difficult to to sort of um to to give that um sort of the, the direction that you see in the book um as, as um i read this there's so Thanks, many things Dave. I, I think you just nobody's... articulated why i was uh, <laughs> why there were so many words in my introduction just then <laughs> i mean i'm glad you're not the only one because I, i've i've read the book and my first feeling was that imposter syndrome of being in this session that sort of feeling of intimidation almost of, of just the the wealth of knowledge that you have um, but I started to draw some of the parallels um, with some of the sessions that we've had already. And I look at um, there's, a, there's a real message in the book about um, about pace, I feel. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm reading about the idea of um, going slow to make sure that you're going at a reasonable pace, making sure that the students really understand um, what it is through through the steps that you walk them through. That doesn't mean when I say go slow to, to sort of slow that pace down so that they're not learning um, quickly enough, that they're, they're bored with what they're doing. It's, it's about making sure that um, the students are deliberately understanding um, the processes they're going through and the skills that they're learning. Um, but, but within this book, it's, um, it's framed in a way that's sort of fun, imaginative with the A to Z, I, I really like that. But underneath, it's got all those framings. It talks a lot about practice and um, draws on a lot of the ideas that we've um, read about in Practice Perfect with Doug Lamoff. Um, the, the idea from Mary Meyer of making sure that um, we, we go slow to go quick, I think is a really important and powerful message. But um, it talks more um, about the sort of the inclusivity, um, the, the competition side, the, the idea that, um, that if we are um, questioning students, that we need to be thinking about the communication, uh, we need to be thinking about how we deliver those questions, what those questions mean and how they're structured. And, and all of these sort of aspects of the, uh, the book, um, I could see the links and I felt like I could go ahead and support my head of PE um, in terms of uh, having those conversations. I felt better equipped to go in as a non-PE specialist and support um, support the, the PE specialist in terms of having their own reflections of what they need to do in the classroom and in their leadership um, to support those students further. Um, so, so those parallels I thought were, were really striking for me. Um, but that's from a non-specialist side. And I think it's really important that a lot of this conversation um, is um, sort of listening from a, a specialist side um, because our, our what we're trying to achieve here is to have um, sessions where, where we can really get into the subject knowledge and we've learned a lot about how important subject knowledge is for, for supporting students to build that knowledge um, and to make links between their pieces of knowledge. And, and we need to know our subject well to be able to do that. So, so as much as we and I can offer those sort of parallels and offer those sort of holistic pedagogical ideas that we draw from the book, which I think are exceptional. Um, I think um, Will's subject text was really important. 
I'm going to hand over to you at this stage uh, just to share a little bit about your thoughts behind the book. Uh, why we chose to look at the uh, building up a resource bank um, seems obvious to me that that's the toolkit where it is, but from that subject specific side, and just thank you so much, Ben, again, for and Liz as well for, for joining us today. I just think it's the reason we start with the whole book. I think when you see the title and you see one of the you automatically think, oh, that's, that's for people who are thinking about teaching PE, might want to get involved with PE, or maybe just started teaching PE, or in uni now, trained to be PE teachers, and they want some ideas of how to navigate their way through a new career in teaching. But um, I've been teaching for, well, in training for 12 years now, plus some, and even reading it myself, I was like, actually, I don't do that anymore. Um, and a lot of the ideas that Ben talks about in this book is like just reminding yourself, oh, do I actually do that? And asking yourself those questions, um, which is why I lent, so I lent on the, the, the bank of resources, building up that bank of resources, um, because all those things you don't think about. And one of the things that Ben said in there was ourselves, ourselves are the best uh, resources we have. And that's what he led me. I read that chapter and I went and immediately created like a reflection booklet for myself to use and then my staff to use. Be like, right, actually, we don't we probably think after the lesson, oh, I could do that better, this thing could be done better. That space was maybe a bit small, those people work well together. Actually, I spent too much time talking to them, too much in the cognitive domain, not enough in the physical. And by the time that class comes around again, you've forgotten it. So I actually took something from one of Lizzie's books which was a, um, like a reflection tool and then Ben's book sort of thing actually how can we make this more personal and we've been using it this ter half term so far and just before half term and it's actually changed the way teachers have been teaching for 25 years have thought about their teaching and developed their teaching in a very short amount of time so I think a lot of people forget that a resource doesn't need to be tangible something that's given to you it could be a conversation or some thoughts and getting that down on paper so that you remember it next time. I don't know if that's the sort of thing you were thinking about, Ben, when you wrote it. Maybe you can build on it a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the stuff about like the personal reflection side of stuff, I suppose you're the only person stood as the teacher in a particular lesson who can truly reflect upon the success of how it went. Um, realistically, lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, lesson four, as a day progresses, you're the person that's in the, all of those lessons. And we all know that PE teaching is a million miles an hour. So taking that moment just to put the foot on the brake and reflect from a personal perspective is going to help you in the future. It's almost like, and if that kind of journal kind of jotting some bits down about successes, challenges, groups that work well together, etc. It's almost like building up a personal Wikipedia of your teaching that you can dip into and reflect upon next time. And I just think it, from a kind of a self-confidence perspective, from a kind of helping with the pace and million miles an hour nature of PE, it, it, it's absolutely, you know, it's absolutely invaluable to do that and take the time to do that. But it's really what you said about kind of, it's not always a tangible resource, like somebody's not giving you a bag, brand new bag of footballs or the brand new cricket bats to use. It's the fact that sometimes when you're in a PE office and somebody comes in from a lesson, well, I mean, where we work, we all kind of, you know, you know what P office is like. It's like revolving door. Everyone's in now. You know, you're dealing with spare kit. Where's this? Have you got those cones? And, but 
we do try to say to each other, oh, what did you, what did you teach there? Oh, I was on Kabaddi or Gaelic football or, or what worked well. Oh, well, I, I tried this particular activity and it was really successful. Oh, well, what class did you do that with? Oh, that worked well with year eight higher ability. And those conversations we have are sometimes pretty quick, pretty, but they do stick in your head and they do help to shape future delivery. And I think having that culture within a PE department um, of sharing best practice, but quite informally, because that's sometimes realistic in the fact that you don't always get the luxury of sitting down around the table to share kind of a fantastic lesson that you taught on that particular day. But those quick conversations are really important as well. Um, and but if I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that somebody of your PE teaching vintage will has taken the time to reflect. No, I'm being serious because like, and that's and that's kind of what I want to teach PE. I wanted it to be. I wanted it to have a target audience in a way that was quite broad. Um, and that's what myself and Liz worked quite a lot on was making it as accessible to as many people as possible. And some of the nicest reviews and comments that I've had have been from quite experienced PE teachers that it might just be that single little idea or that paragraph or that particular, or you know what? And it just, it's made people think about their practice quite a long way down the road. And you know what? The result of that might be a better experience for a pupil or a student. And that's fundamentally what the book's about all the way through. If people pick and choose the bits that relate to them, and it means that that particular lesson or experience is having a more profound impact on a young person. Then I think that that kind of that's it, the book's achieved its aim, even if it just develops the experience of physical education for one person somewhere on the planet. Then it's achieved its aim. I think it really, I think going back to what Dave said as well. So that just even that conversation we've just had, I mean, that could go to any teacher across the board. So for a member of SC line managing PE, maybe hasn't got the subject knowledge of it. They can still have those conversations about what we've just spoken about. They're having the conversation, what reflect on your lessons. It's quite a simple thing to do. Um, yeah. And it's the only way you're going to get better at that lesson. It could have been like one of your other chapters is don't get disheartened. You might come in for a lesson where it started raining halfway through. It's horrible. It was a, you thought, do you know what? That lesson was terrible. The behavior was terrible, whatever. But actually, when you reflect on it and actually write things down, you can, you can build that into a positive. So I think yeah. that links quite nicely into that chapter as well. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I need to jump in there. I I I completely agree with everything that's been said. I've just been writing down like how many like things we could go off on in a tangent. But I think when we first spoke about writing the book, or um, Ben had already written most of it, and it was mainly fine tweaking. It's definitely Ben's um, baby here. Um, but I think that there's, there are nuggets there, exactly as we've mentioned, for the trainees wanting to kind of learn the craft but i would almost say that it's almost like the hidden curriculum but it's like the hidden pedagogy it's that tac tacit knowledge that you didn't know you did and it's those teacher hacks that you just wish you sometimes you see experienced teachers and they're doing these things but no one ever tells you what they're doing to make it life easier we kind of learn through experience and there's loads of golden nuggets all the way through that were like oh yeah i do that as well like so it made a lot of sense oh, and other people do that so one of the ones that really hit home with me is Ben mentions about being prepared for the next day, the day you go home from today. And I think loads of us do that. I write down what I'm doing tomorrow at the end of today so that I don't have to think about it in the morning. I just know what I'm doing. And I think lots of teachers do that. And I think a lot of those little hacks is what we forget to teach trainees as they're coming through and ECTs. But also it's kind of the 
don't we, we often learn the hard way to find those those little teacher hacks rather than what we're trying to do is bring the the big reveal down and saying actually we're all struggling in our different ways with our different things and these are some of the solutions and the golden nuggets that we found and Ben's found in his pocket but also when you share that with other educators they do similar things so they're also like the generalizable things that work really well and that I really liked your point Dave around going slow to go fast and that's a good thing as well and that we know in PE that we don't just want to we, we can be that revolving door of physical activities as well where you we just go from one sport or activity to the next to the next and you know Ben's done a great job here at trying to make sure that we're laying the strong foundations that will build up and units will build one after the other after the other um, and when you speak about resources I think the main thing for me that really hit me is that we often prune our practice so we know we refine it and we know what's get working but as a result we get more and more narrow in terms of our repertoire of what we can offer and what we deliver and we've got that go-to lesson that we we teach every time and the main thing that Kate spoke to me was the importance of us especially as um established teachers to remain curious and to keep looking for the new ideas or the new ways of learning and that's what trainees are great at they're always after new drills or activities or ways to approach things and I think we just need to remain curious in our own teaching to make sure that we are providing the best learning for our pupils now in today's context um, but I think there's hundreds of golden nuggets all the way through that book yeah just to there's two main bits that you said there that firstly the kind of I think the the popularity in the social media that the want to teach PE is I, I think it has spiked people's curiosity and I think when people are seeing the snippet of a particular drill or activity or clip online and I think that's the beauty of it it's that it's shown them oh that and then the people paint the rest of the picture it's almost like the, the video clip in a lesson is down here but it, and it fits into that bigger picture and the PE teacher paints the rest of a beautiful lesson picture but uses that little bit as an inspiration. And I think that's worked really well with the little clips that have been on. And that's a kind of why I think the popularity and the viral nature of some of the stuff that's that's gone on has been really successful. But like, I was actually, I nearly, I nearly laughed and I, I laughed in the nicest possible way when you mentioned about the teacher hacks because um, yesterday I actually went, I, I, bit of an anecdotal story here but basically I had football club till four o'clock and I saw that my colleague had year nine football and he was still out there so I thought you know what I'll, I'll go and potter out you know be that kind of you know walk walk the walk and talk the talk head of PE going you know a bit of a pat on the back this is great fantastic and basically at the end of the session like hap happens all the time right boys can we get the balls in please so the balls were gradually finding their way to the bag and there's always that one lad that has an extra shot or does five kick-ups or is showing his mate his latest skill and my colleague basically and it was from a reaffirmate like an affirmation because I've done this quite a lot as well he basically said yes blank knock me the ball see if you can find me without moving and basically he made the student think oh well I'm going to pass him the ball here without moving and he knocked a 40 yard pass straight to my mate and he went all right thanks put the ball in the bag and then we went in and I just thought I looked at that and thought, I do that. And I suppose that's what Build Up Resource Bank's all about, because sometimes it's seeing something new that builds it up. But sometimes as well, you'll see something that a colleague does and it almost like puts a bit more cement in the bank 
that keeps it all like the foundations are a bit stronger because you're like, I do that and he's done it really well. And it just makes you feel good as well. And it's that kind of like, well done. I do that kind of vibe, which I just, when you said it, I thought, I, I thought of yesterday, which is his most recent shop floor practice as ever. Uh, but that's kind of what I was trying to get through in that chapter in the book as well. Can I um, say, Ben, as well, that I'm just, as I'm listening to that and I'm thinking about, because the, the book's great for those um, sort of viral opportunities that you were talking about, um, but it's, it's great for what Liz was saying about all the tangents you can go off on. Um, and, uh, and, and when I was talking uh, before about go slow to go quick and, um, and the, the deliberate practice and, and how you practice and dug them off and, and some of the other sort of like inclusivity and um, you, you've got chaps on well-being and, and, and there's so many different places you could go. It is that reflective that we was talking about, that reflective tool that just helps you to realise um, I've been doing that, but I haven't done that for a while and I need to start thinking about that again. Um, but then for the early careers teacher or the inexperienced PE teacher, it's a reference point um, for the first time to go, oh, there's something that I haven't been trying and, and I need to know more about that. And then the book goes into um, just that little bit of detail about what um, what specifically that, that teacher could be thinking about or where they can look or um, just to sort of um, maybe slightly anecdotally in there as well of, of what they should be thinking about. Um, like, for example, um, you've got one um, chapter here when you're talking about future focused and um, and you talk about um, you have some takeaways at the end that just really help that reflection. I think that's a, a, an awesome part of the book as well that just very quickly gets you to the, those reflective um, thoughts. Um, but it talks about broaden your subject knowledge, um, volunteer your services out of the PE bubble. And then within the chapter, um, it says um, a sort of specific about uh, maybe you have little or no key stage five experiences. This is a case you could volunteer here and there. And it's just those sort of prompts, I think, that, that it sort of helps somebody who uh, who teaches PE, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, without being the specialist, that can then go, oh, as you say, I can go and watch someone else. I'm going to see what they do. I can go and pick up a couple ideas. And and this book just feels like that sort of catalyst for for being able to to go ahead and, and, and motivate her as well, because it makes you want to. It's, it's written in that way. It just makes you want to get involved in that more and more as well. Yeah, it, I suppose that once again, I, I guess that's very reflective. I think it encourages the practitioner reading that to think, it might be key stage five, it might be key stage one, it might be EAL, it might be SEND, it might be a multitude of different things. That It's almost, I often use the term with our PE department about like performing a self-audit. Um, where are you right now? Kind of, you know, what's your inventory? And if there's a particular gap, don't shy away from that and become somebody that never teaches that particular topic or idea or subgroup or whatever. Be that person that, faces it head on and goes and proactively addresses um, whatever gap or kind of you know further development that they could have. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you spotted that particular bit because I think certainly from somebody who's at sixth form potentially thinking that they quite like a career in PE teaching to somebody I'm going to use it again, Will, sorry, of your vintage, um, is, is that it can kind of proactively make them think, right, what can I do to be a more well-rounded practitioner, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that was the purpose of that particular bit. Yeah. I think what's really... Think, oh, sorry, Dave, you go first. I'll just, I'll just add something really small and then let the specialist talk it's much more important useful than I but um it, it uh, the bit that's really grabbing the most I've got to say Ben is that is that you you 
the, the book's framed in a way that's looking to the future and it's looking to um, it's in the title you've got a chapter on it about being future focused and it's looking about um what we're going to be doing moving forward so it's taking these ideas but it's not just sitting stationary as well and i think that's an incredibly important um sort of um theme throughout that book as well but sorry will over to you i was just going to go back to the point of um having someone who's like building that resource bank and ju not just thinking i'm good at this i'm only going to teach that certain topic and be a bit more like i'm going to go and find out maybe about dance or whatever it is that you don't do that was just my own one there i'm rubbish at dance so i've been out and tried to after your book trying to sort out dance instructors to come in and then i'll watch them and then try and replicate it um but like you said for my vintage right and that's that's something that i was thinking about quite late on. i did it at uni i taught i taught a whole thing of dance i've done it over the years and i've never really thought i should get a lot better at this um so that book actually prompted me to do it uh i think as i like sports people when they come out of uni and they've just gone into their pitch and things I'm a PE teacher and they think this is how you teach PE because I'm great at football. I'm going to teach these. Every kid has to be a great footballer. And when you go in with a mindset like that, it falls apart because you realise actually out of the 30 kids you've got, you've got three who are wanting to do, oh, that's a small percentage, but like a, not as many pupils who are actually keen to be great footballers. But actually, they want to be able to move. They want to build their physical literacy. And actually it builds into the, the chapter on physical literacy, which it is all love but that's what it's built into and it says actually open your mind up to what's more so i like how they all sort of interconnect and then going from uh right get out there see what else i could improve on be a jack of all trades essentially and then start about physical literacy which actually some people think actually i need to think about that more it gives a bit more of a focus yeah I, it's basically will you've kind of and i I suppose this is kind of advocacy of why I wrote the book, the fact that you've basically echoed kind of one of the main, when I sat down on the first day to type and to get stuck into it and the idea, it was I wanted to provide a realism to people that might want to teach PE of what it actually is all about. And the point you make about somebody leaving sixth form, university, whatever, I like football, do you know where I'm going to do more football is being a PE teacher because I'm going to go into PE teaching and it's all about taking the year nine football team to county cup finals and I'll be able to join in in training and score loads. Of, I wanted to get away from that mindset that that's what PE teaching is because very cynically, I do think it exists out there in that that's all it is. Um, and then you made the point which actually about the chapters linking, which firstly, thank you, because that was the kind of idea that you could kind of do this across the book, was about, and the, the chapter Y is about younger you. And now when we, when I sent the first edit to uh, Will Swades and Liz, basically we looked at the importance of realising that when you're a PE teacher, you're not teaching the 13-year-old Ben Holden, you're not teaching the 12-year-old Will Grove, you're teaching 30 of the most diverse human beings in a particular class that have all got different physical attributes, mental attributes, um, background at home, interests in sport, family interest in sport that are all in one mixing pot that you've got to have, sorry, that you've got to have that appreciation for, as opposed to thinking that boy there is the most like what I was like at school. I'm going to teach that boy what I would have liked to be taught when I was in year nine or like what I want to do now. And that appreciation for the fact that those 30 students I've talked about 
you have on period one and then you've got another 30 period two on a different activity and then another 30 period three and they might be in a different ability banding if that's what your particular institution does and how you've got to appreciate that it isn't all about teaching sport billy sport it's about physical literacy it's about teaching the holistic nature of secondary school PE classes to all jump on that bus to the next stop of loving PE is basically what and I want also, to say. With that, it goes with the other, uh, I think it's the last chapter, the Gen Z thing, talking about the difference in times. I think sport and PE and what people want to do to keep active in the world now is probably very different to what it was when I was 12, which wasn't actually that long ago. But <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. But uh, it's, it's, it's massively different. Like, so our, our fitness suite gets much more attention um, from all the students. And when you go in there, there is a range of students, students who are high performers. They want to go, they're going to go and play a high level of sport to people who just want to keep active. Um, and they get 40 to 50 people in there in the evening. Whereas football, you get the same 20 throughout every year. When you go in, wherever you went, if I went into year seven football now, I'll see the same 20 next year, the year after. But then they also dip into other things now. I think that's what it's time to learn. P starting to change, the landscape's changing for P. Um, and not saying that uh, people shouldn't go and play football or the team sports, which we would call the traditional ones. But I think people need to be aware of the change. I, I think it's probably like a really natural thing that all of us have probably been through. I think if you chat to many PE teachers, we probably all have gone through that work because it's comfortable. I'm, I was guilty of that when I first qualified. It was, it, you know, it's there. These are children that are like me. This is what I um, was successful in. Um, I enjoyed it. Therefore, if I repeat those experiences, other people might enjoy it. And I think when you're in that kind of survival mode at the beginning, it's very easy to gravitate towards your comfort zone and those children that you know you can identify readily and easily with and I, I think that what Ben does is a great book of speeding up that process we probably took maybe one or two years maybe to realize that that isn't really the mission and it's about reaching everybody and and probably those that are like us probably are going to be fine without us um or with little input and really going after those that really need our support and help and um, to help them discover their love of physical activity and so what i really like is is that it's it's quite humble in that we've all been there we've all done it and what we're trying to do is save you the toil or the torment of get, getting there quicker so learning from our mistakes and our um, experiences and trying to get you to where we are rather than having to go through the same pain. So I think that that's a really humble part of the book, really, that you're not saying you're perfect. You're saying I've done this as well and, and I've learned from it. And, and it's OK to, to be like that, but the, it's not OK to stay like that. That's the problem. Um, and we're all in pursuit of trying to make a most meaningful PE offer. And obviously, because you've mentioned physical literacy, I have to speak on it now because it is my favourite topic. But I thought what Ben did with the physical literacy chapter was a really great teacher interpretation of physical literacy. And, and I think that a lot of the time when we talk about physical literacy, it can get quite complex very quickly and teachers and educators are put off by it. But Ben has done a fantastic job of making it the reality of yes I've got a six period day and I'm really tired and it's towards the end of term and the children are tired and I've got like today I've had all weathers and winds and I've been out and in but how can I still provide a meaningful offer to the children that are in front of me all of them all 30 individuals of them and 
in and they all have different perspectives on what, on what is is valuable to them um so i think there's every every chapter throughout that book i i, I will i would put it out there so i'd challenge probably any pe teacher not to take something away from the book and whether that's something new or whether that's the reinforcement of, ah, oh, I know why that's important. Um, or it's nice to hear that other people do that. And I could completely concur with learning what not to do and also new ideas, but reaffirming the good things that you're doing is just as powerful um, than getting, going out and getting some new stuff, but actually reinforcing what you're already doing. Um, it if, if I might add a reflection um, here, so listening to the conversations and, and picking up on a, on a few of the strands where you mentioned previously in, in, in the discussion how powerful those incidental conversations are in the, in the busy PE office. Um, and it sounds like I, I don't think there are many departments in schools that might work in the same way as PE departments do, because people might tend to have their own classrooms, whereas a PE department have different spaces within which you're teaching, but actually you all tend to come back to a, a, a shared space together. So there are more of those informal opportunities to share things and connect with one another. And what, what this book um, is doing is it's creating more opportunities to connect with other people. It's increased the size of your PE office. Yeah. So it's and, and beyond then, yes, it can be supported and enhanced by connections that are made on social media, but can help prompt that as well and give sort of a, a shared language and understanding and a, and a way to communicate with one another over it. And, and Liz, you were mentioning there about the, you know, it's, it's really busy. You've got your lessons you're teaching and you've also got your additional offer that goes on outside of lessons that often gets forgotten that PE or always looking sort of around the clock and working on those other ways of enhancing those opportunities for students and because it's written in this book it means that it can it's people can build it into their own workflow when they have time to have a look and it's like they're having their incidental conversations in that PE office at, at, a, at an opportunity that they've got when they've got five minutes and then they can so that they're, they're they constantly have opportunities to connect. It's, it's like when you go to a conference, isn't it? Often the most valuable element of a conference is the informal chat over coffee where you, where you meet somebody and you're having a conversation that's been sparked off of something else. And you're like, oh, that's really, really meaningful. And you walk away thinking oh, the, the programme was great, but those connections I made were really useful as well. And I, I, it reminds me, we are really lucky in PE that we are those revolving doors and there's, uh, we do often congregate together in force sometimes. Um, that can be a little bit intimidating for other people, but I'm, I'm sure you were very welcoming, um, open armed um, individuals. And, um, but the best as well is that when you're on the field, you don't have those physical walls be between classrooms. Often I've been on, uh, on the field, on the Astro, looked up, because I can hear some fantastic practice going on in in the distance, and I'm I'm instantly oh what activity are they doing, and then on the way in, you can say oh that drill looked really interesting or that activity or you look you sounded like you were having great fun, talk me through that lesson or what, what were you doing, and um, so we've got that great opportunity that we we can visibly see when things are going well, and also if you're in a supportive capacity, you can see when things aren't going very well as well. So I think we're very keen to support one another, and we do often come as a team. Um, and we want everyone to succeed. And going back to your point around um, the, the recommendation about reaching out across the school, 
you know, in secondary, we are, we do become very siloed. And I think, again, this is one of the things that you learn um, through your experience is that we all want to have an impact. Um, and in PE, our impact is wanting to make uh, our young people active life and hopefully inspire them. But in order to do that, we want to have multiple opportunities. So getting out into the wider school life and recognising you're a teacher first and the subject specialist second can be really powerful. And having those connections with other departments and got, often we, we have those connections to garner extra support to rope out more people, come and come and help me with um, rugby club or come and help me with badminton or anyone fancy a ski trip because um, we need the extra resource. But also I think that we, we want to help further opportunities to build in healthy active lives across the school community not just within our, our specialist subject because that we want to have the biggest impact as, um, as possible i think building on that because we're in such a physical in the physical domain when you talk about resources in maths a resource is more likely like worksheets or um fancy powerpoints which do really cool things because you're great at those sorts of things in maths and then actually sometimes it uh, you can give someone a piece of paper and it has a great great writing great display on it or a powerpoint and actually i reckon most teachers go right i don't actually really know what's going on here because i haven't created it i'm not really sure it's in the head of the person that did create this i don't know what their outcomes were i don't know who this was aimed at but actually when you get into a conversation with someone and start talking you start to bounce ideas off each other get ideas back and can be quite creative it can sort of have a snowball effect um so in my position as subject never lead at the original learning trust i've had the opportunity to go out into other schools and talk to other uh, practitioner I've been down to Dave's school in um, Bristol and it's great that I start talking to different people and when they've sort of uh, read the same books as you as well you can see they're a bit more oh, okay I know what you're talking about here because I've read that before um, so uh, the head of PE at Dave's school Jackie who read this book she recommended it as well um, so we balance each other we email quite regularly about ideas we've had we share stuff and say what do you think about this and that I know it's sort of turning away from being in our P offices, but we've now made that P office massive across the south of England and started talking to different people. And then Ben's up north. Um, so we've made it even bigger now. And it's fantastic. And that's something that I've spoken to Liz a few times, and every time I leave with a headache thinking about new ideas and things. And uh, I was kind of overwhelmed with so much information. I'm like, right, what should I do next? And I want to find out more. Um, so I think this book really lends a hand to that and sort of says, go and find out that information and be out with thinking think about what's not just happening in your school but everywhere else <laughs> so that's a bit of a rant wasn't it i love it um i i'm just reading um a, a couple of little bits around what what's been um what's been said to to really get my head around um the links between um so going beyond p as, as you've been talking there um sort of very specifically about those examples but how how non PE specialists can get a lot from this. Um, and, and those misconceptions about PE, I think, are true um, across other subjects. It's, um, it's a subject that is, um, has its differences in the way that you would approach and teach. It has its similarities too. But um, I don't think that there are, there's a, a great number of teachers that would feel incredibly confident um, that they could talk in depth about what those similarities and differences is. But this book gives that vehicle to, to really understand in a, in a language that's easily accessible um, what it looks like to, to be a PE teacher as well. So I think it's really useful from that side. And um, and some of the things that you talked about, like um, not teaching your old self, um, is um, certainly translatable across subjects too. There's so much that's translatable. Uh, I find myself in the maths lesson doing the same things, um, teaching maths. And, and I think that's uh, really important to, to take 
space so much within that. Um, I'm just reading um, around the chat to learn to blow a whistle as, as you're talking as well, and um, talking about some of the routines and the consistencies that you might use. Um, the idea of recording yourself um, in a lesson, I think, so such an important and powerful um, piece of CPD to, to watch what it looks like. And it just reminded me of something that, that's happening in our customer. So under practice leadership, there's lots of um, mini whiteboard um, work that's going on on the Astro um, pitch. So, so to take their mini whiteboards out. And then as they're working, um, they would um, engage in the question, but they'd have their mini whiteboards with them and they'd be sat in their circle and they'd be showing their mini whiteboards with the same routines you'd use in the classroom. And it's just made me think about some of those spaces. Um, you might have your opinions on that particular way, but it um, sort of whether whether those um, ideas are, are really sort of strong, good ideas, whether they're helping the students to develop, it was just the idea of, of knowing what your space is like and how you could best utilise it and then having those conversations and learn from each other keeping that consistency they're all sort of just really powerful messages in this book which uh just just remind you uh, about about what you need to do to, to be teaching well so yeah just i love it and, and just thank you it's not a question now it's just reflecting enjoying it <laughs> yeah and i i suppose that learn learn how to blow a whistle was arguably one of the more kind of controversial chapter titles and probably made liz kind of wince a little bit when she first read it but it was just that was born upon kind of you know, I've, I've mentored a number of trainees in the past and the fundamental actually blowing the whistle and like, you, I, you know, having that chat with the trainee after and this, you know, get a bit brutal here, but like, would you have stopped if you'd have heard that whistle if you were 12 years old in a sports hall the way you just blew it? And kind of, oh, well, no, right, come on. And I have actually had trainees stand in front of me and blow a whistle until they can, and they can actually hear themselves and it goes back to self-reflection in its most brutal and kind of, you know, stripped back form. But understanding how you look within a lesson, videoing yourself, that type of thing. And kind of, I talk about the player cam. Now, when, you know, when Sky Sports first came out, they used to like used to be able to focus on a particular player on the pitch and following round, uh, round as if they were playing a match, which is ridiculous as a concept, really. But from a PE perspective, if you kind of watched yourself in the lesson, what would you like? What would you kind of maybe think, oh, I didn't realise I did that. I mean, talk about transferability across from teachers across different subjects. I think all five of us will probably have a, a trigger word that we use, like okay, or okay, listen up, or whatever it is. And then when you hear yourself saying it like, ah, I didn't realise I said it that much, or whatever it would be, that kind of is where the chapter goes. But it does start with the brutality of, have you reflected upon the finite little bits of your practice, such as, if you are using a whistle, please blow it like you mean it. Yeah, I, we, only, we all laughed or raised a smile when you said the blurred to blow the whistle because we've all been there and I, you know, seen my training as well. And we can get very technical and hung up on certain things in PE. Like, for example, if you speak to any PE teacher, there's only two types of whistles in the world it's a Fox 40 or a tornado. But they, <laughs> you do actually need to have, there is a certain technique of how to blow that whistle. And <laughs> And we joke, but it, it does, and it doesn't matter. You know, we're not really talking about whether you've got a Fox 40 or not, or whether you can blow a whistle. It's about conviction and meaning, presence, command. You know, you've blown a whistle for a reason. There'll be times in PE where a whistle could literally save someone's life. Um, javelin, you know, those sorts of things, swimming. So you need to, it's another tool. It is a tool. And when used effectively, it can keep children safe. It can, you know, nonverbal communication. And it's about the credibility, authenticity, 
and you're using the tools as they're intended and to get the desired effects but um yeah we do it's it is it's interesting like those sorts of things and it's made me think about it and even now when I have even this year because of the influence of Ben's book I've had that conversation with them where I've, I've all asked I've, you know they now turn up all with a whistle and I get them all to blow it because I don't want them I want them to have that laughable moment with me in a safe environment rather than be with 30 children spread out all over the field and then have that problem of I have no idea of how to bring these children back in and my whistle is not doing the job for me so um it, those are the things that I've taken away from it and my trainees would certainly benefit from Ben's expertise and the nuggets that he's provided in this book and what I and I would just like to thank everyone as well like um Will Swayze was fantastic within this as well so my my little team of Will Swayze um Jackie um also reviewed it for us and um um, Jackie, while we're talking about Tracy Healy, um, uh, reviewed it for, for us as well, and Lee Sullivan and some other colleagues, and they really did. And this goes back to that note where you said about um, the power of the PE community. We've got such fantastic colleagues in PE that are really supportive of one another. And literally, um, as Ben's book came out later in the month, uh, a colleague of ours, Phil Maid's book came out. And it could have, in any other walk of life, that could have been seen as a little bit of a competition, but it wasn't because we're completely supportive of one another's work. And um, so just thank you for everyone that's purchased it already. Thank you for everyone that's been involved in the book. Thanks, Ben, for writing it. And if it helps um, anyone in their teaching, then we've done our job. But um, it's been so well received. Um, and so, yeah, I think Ben did had a, had a very productive uh, couple, of time, couple of years over COVID. Um, and now it's nice to see it out in the world. Yeah, just to obviously echo that, and you say the power of the PE community, like all 27 contributors in the book were asked and all immediately said yes. I, I didn't, I genuinely didn't get a no or a let you know. As soon as I kind of, you know, put the idea to them, um, everybody wanted their voice to be heard, which is great. Um, but everybody had so much good to say. And the one and like I was getting people read, reflect upon the chapter, and with we're turning it round within 48 hours with some fantastic reflections. Just be, and what I liked about that was great. I kind of got another one ticked off in a and I wasn't waiting and hanging on for it, and it kind of allowed the book to move forward, but it obviously was on the tip of people's tongues. And it, they weren't like having to delve too deeply into the darker places. It was more shop floor experience that kind of added on to the messages of the chapters, which people were clearly able to talk about very easily because they were experiencing the same in their schools as what I was writing, which was nice from my perspective. But it kind of showed the community aspect of we're all in this together vibe really nicely as well so yeah to, to to all 27 people from so many from internationally um from every different walk of pe teaching just thank you from the bottom of my heart it, i think I, I personally am very proud of the product that we've all created together so thank you and i think it was um <laughs> It was fantastic to have those contributions in there as well and hugely insightful for the 
for the part of it sometimes sort of you mentioned earlier is you know how powerful it is going to a conference or if you read a book or if you read a journal you'll look at it and you go yeah great but so what how do I reflect on this how do I take it into my practice because it's it's through those powerful conversations with other people where you can digest it more easily and you've provided already with with the contributors that worked with you on this They've already started that conversation for somebody who's reading it to be able to have with them and, mm. and, and, and gotten that ball rolling with them as well. And I think it's absolutely fantastic that you had a section that was, you know, that started on how to blow a whistle, because it's those things that are too assumed, aren't they, uh, mm. knowledge wise. And if you if you're able to start from the point of, OK, let's have a look at this granular step. Let's look at supporting each other in the PE community like we would with our students over the, the really small things that make a big difference if you have that strong foundation now. If you start on that, then every, it, it gives you that opportunity to build everything else onto it. And it made it, it, it reminded me of um, the book Legacy, where the All Blacks talk every year at the beginning of a season. I, I, hopefully I read that right now. Um, they start by how they put on their socks. And everybody makes sure that they're putting on their socks correctly in the right way and they don't have creases, etc. And they're all doing that fundamental basic thing properly first. So almost blow how to blow your whistle is, I wonder if it's it sort of, maybe it's too crudely, but almost like that, that parallel, that equivalent of, let's start with this conversation and build everything on after it. And I like that nothing was assumed in that sense. So anybody can open the book in, in any sense and, and be able to take something from it. So I thought that was hugely powerful, even for those as experienced as you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just the part about the, um, the All Blacks putting on the socks. Um, yeah, I hope that finds its way into the reading lists of some of our year sevens. Um, that would be uh, <laughs> help speed up the, uh, the learning process, some lessons as well. But no, the, the, like those, those, the granular little tiny bits, that's what I wanted the books to kind of have the feel of, is that the team of 27 people are sharing things that we experience it all, all day, every day, and the realisms of PE. That, that was the, when I sat down on that first day, that was the real kind of motivation was, I want to try and provide a realistic perspective to somebody considering PE teaching or somebody teaching PE about what it is actually like a real kind of, you know, all 27 fantastic PE people. This is what it's all about. And things like whistleblowing, sock putting on, organizing your changing rooms, spare kit management, having your cones ready next to your desk for the start of the next day, the lists the night before, the self-audits, all of those things that I think, like I said, like I said right at the start, if if one person picks up one thing that results in a better lesson, then yeah, job done. Yeah, I like the ones around, you know, caption being good as well and like um positive phone calls home. And like there are things that you forget to tell everyone to do. Often we wait and um we have the negative phone calls, but if you prioritize the positive phone calls and then then the more challenging phone calls are much easier because it's not the same things that you're ringing them up for every single time. Um, so I think there's so many really useful tips in there from that everyone can do exactly like that, like in the thick of it, day to day, everyone can pick up a phone at the end of the day and have a positive phone call home 
there'll be one person you'll be able to celebrate. And if you can get that into your routines and habits and make sure that you're looking out for it, then it will have a huge impact in the long run to your relationships with pupils, with parents, everything. And it's just like, it's the basics like that, like you say, I think I'm certainly have been guilty of that when I moved over into teacher training. I think I was trying to give them everything and yeah, models-based practice, physical literacy, this, this and this. And um, I've certainly reflected and thinking about, well, let's master some of the basics and the foundations because then the rest will, will naturally follow. It goes back to your going slow to go fast so we can build that in but and we want to facilitate success um for the trainees but also give them the tools that will see them throughout their career and the day-to-day -day, the mundane sometimes but it's good routines and habit building that will mean that you're getting into great routines that will make your life and your teaching so much better ah oh. Well, incredible uh, afternoon, evening. I think it's evening now. It's gotten so dark outside, isn't it? Um, these conversations have been fantastic and the discussion and everything else. And I feel like we we genuinely could go on for a lot longer. But I'm also aware that we are coming to the to the end of our, our hour with you and of how just priceless your time is for this incredible expertise around the room. So I was wondering, Dave, if you might be able to start us off with, with your takeaway and then we'll come over to you afterwards, if, if that's OK, Will. And then I didn't know if Ben or Liz might want then the opportunity to say something afterwards so I don't accidentally cut somebody off. But I didn't want to miss these either. So it's I suppose, Ben, it's it's our equivalent, our parallel to the reflections for your contributors at the end of your chapter. So this is where we try and answer our own. So what um, from the session and the reading and the conversations over to you, Dave. Oh, thank you. And uh, firstly, thank you, Ben and Liz. Um, thank you, Will, as well. It's been an absolutely um, wonderful session. Um, I've got so much from it um, as a non-specialist um, from two perspectives, how I can help um, people um, who, who may be um, in, in the um, sort of teach speed or um, are offering something within the department. Um, but also um, it's given me something in terms of the parallels in my subject, too. So um, a huge amount for me to take away. Um, really interested when uh, we looked at the, the little bit about learn to blow a whistle. Um, it, it made a lot of sense to me, but I took something slightly different away from it. And I thought that was just really interesting because I took um, rather than that presence, I took more of the consistency and routines. And, and I, I think what, what I was doing is applying it to my subject and what that presence looks like. And, um, and so the idea of um, being in the classroom and, and using radar and, and making sure that my language is really sort of tight um, every time I'm given an instruction, it's the same words that I'm using, um, is where I get that present from. So that was like my whistle almost, I guess, is the consistency in the routines, but same message applying. Um, and it's that sort of similarity, um, the, the similarities and the, the parallels you can draw in the book um, is my sort of real real takeaway. But, but the one thing that I haven't talked about lots um, today is the, the culture of error. Um, that I think is built throughout the book. Um, you talk specifically about culture, but also having those um, sort of uh, case studies, for the ones with a better phrase there, the, the contributors that have um, offered something extra to each of those chapters um, allows the reader to immerse themselves in what it feels like to, to apply that chapter to their classroom practice, gives them the opportunity to take those risks. And even the title of Learn to Blow a Whistle, um, it's really granular, but it's such, it just um, sort of, it, it tells the reader to assume no knowledge it sort of talks about how it's okay to at that level um not be an expert in something and, and how we'll learn it together and, and that collaborative feel and that 
um, the writing of humility, it just um, reminds me of all those important um, traits um, that, that's required to be um, an expert teacher in, in PE and any subject. So um, the culture of error is something that really came through for me in this book and the, the way that you've written with humility really builds that. So, so it's a massive thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for writing it, but also thank you so much for giving your time here today. Um, it's, it's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, so yeah, it's really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Over to you, Will. Um, I think my takeaway, I think I could go through, back through the book and go to any of the chapters and take a takeaway from every single, uh, at the end of every sub, uh, chapter and just choose one. I could take one of those takeaways. But for me, it's the bank of resources and using ourselves, either, even it is, like you said, um, filming yourself, be bold enough to film yourself or get another teacher to watch you teach and say, what do you think about that? And then build those conversations. Um, I think we can always start by reflecting on ourselves. So this is really just hit home. Over, well, from my practice over the last few years and this book actually helped it even more so was yeah why well, don't I look at what I do first see what I think about it come up with some reflections and then speak to someone else in the department and then go elsewhere and be quite open-minded but you have to be quite bold about it and just go and ask people for their, their thoughts and opinions on things and I think it just I, it creates a much better reflective practice plus you build your wealth of knowledge which we touched on as well um to build your network in PE which actually then if you do teach another subject you can actually start taking to that so like we start at the beginning I, I teach a bit of maths as well and that's actually the only thing actually I've got loads of maths resources but I actually haven't thought about talking to other maths teachers as much as I do PE so why don't I and I think that sort of self-reflective practice is a really big thing and I think this book pushes that quite a lot and being bold is quite a good one because going out and making yourself better at the things that you're not so good at um so yeah i think it's a great book for any teacher to be honest any teacher full stop or any teacher with PE teacher with ever however vintage they are they can get something out of this book um i think it's a really good place to start and i think there's because the people that you have you've referenced in there and talked about and who have written their reviews of each chapter are also great people to go actually they've talked great there I want to go and find out who they are and what they've done and I think it starts that connection quite easily because it'll be I read about you and want to teach PE I've got this question for you and I think that's massive so thank you very much for that no worries thank you I'll go next so Ben can have a last word um but I, my my biggest takeaway is um is around that power for knowledge like where is power for knowledge what is power for knowledge and I think sometimes it's every day it's in our colleagues it's in the little things you do it's the things you've forgotten that you've done and you do it's the things that you've forgotten to do and this is a really nice reminder of um of some of some key powerful knowledge that will help you be um more effective in your day-to-day -day. and i think sometimes we can go looking for the bright new idea but the new practice and um, new ways of working can be great but also celebrating the things that work and work well and embedding them further it can be really powerful as well so i agree in that in those 27 chapters with ben's expert and insight expertise and insight with the reflections of those other contributors there are loads of powerful nuggets in there that lots of people can take away from um, and some of you all already do some will be new um some you may not want to try some you will and um i think that like we've said there's something in there for everyone and I feel like I'm, I've got a plug this as well. I've, I've done that this with two. Um, we've had a 
you know, bestseller with Lee Sullivan, bestseller with Ben. So if there is another PE teacher that feels like they've got a book in them, you know where I am. And I'm sure Ben's not too scarred from the process. Um, and yeah, so let's let's keep keep the conversations going. I think it, it's great to have so many rich PE books out there at the moment. So um, and I'll try and work on Ben for um, the next 2.0 in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so I've got. Am I the pressure of the last word? Is that is that where this? Is? Okay. Okay. Um, I suppose from the kind of the book itself, um, just to echo once again, just a huge thank you. Um, people that Liz mentioned, um, Will and Liz um, were in the nicest possible way, all over me like a rash, keeping me going, keeping me driving forward, um, nicely challenging all the way through. Um, when that first Google Doc comes back, when you think you've cracked the book and then you see 278 suggestions, um, you know, it, it, but it nicely challenged me and it kept me going all the way through. And the relationship we had throughout the process um, between myself, Will and Liz was, was brilliant. Um, so yeah, to echo uh, what Liz said, if there's somebody else out there, um, I, I, I can't advocate um, PE Scholar enough. They've been absolutely fantastic throughout the process. Um, thank you to everybody who contributed um, as part of the book. It was great to have your insight and expertise and passion um, pouring all the way through the book, which was brilliant. Um, and then kind of my last kind of thoughts, it kind of jumps on what um, Will said about being bold. Um, like nobody will ever criticize somebody for risk taking. And I think that's very important and transferable to maths, English, science, get out there, try new things. Um, but my final message is kind of, and what I hope the book gets across is about being proactive, be proactive, reflect, but act. And let's keep moving forward. And even in November, when it's dark at 4.15, and we're knackered, just kind of have that self-reflection to keep driving forward, but take a bit of ownership of where you are in your career right now, whether at the very start, the middle, the end, and just keep doing the best you possibly can, no matter how low those energy levels are, because you might try something new that might just invigorate and refill that energy tank a little bit. Um, and it's hard. The, the job is hard. Everything about it is a real kind of, it has its pressure points and just remember your why as well, why you get out of bed every day, the fundamental core purpose and that'll hopefully bring that motivation as well. But proactivity, positivity, we're all in this together, we've got this. Oh, that was that was incredible. What a, wow, what a last word. Um, very difficult for me to close after that one as you might, might have noticed. Thank you so much to everybody. I think this just speaks volumes to the incredible PE um, community that you've got out there. And what an offer, Liz. That is immense. So yeah, there you go. If you, if you want to be proactive, then, then that's the opportunity for you right there. Thank you so much, everybody. It is a truly, truly um, thought-provoking discussions this evening. Um, it, I'm going to be reflecting on this for quite some time, even though I'm out of field with these conversations. It is, it, I've, I've really valued this once again. So thanks ever so much, everybody. And what I'm going to do now, we have run a couple of minutes over. I'm so sorry about that one, but I am going to stop the session. So thank you.